God is so good. And today we're going to continue our Divine Impact series. Hasn't it just been a great weekend weather-wise? Is anybody enjoying this weather? It's pretty nice. And, and listen, I hope you have a, a great, it's a holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. Um, I, I hope that you just um, get to experience uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit with you. This series is all about the way that God works in our hearts and our lives, the divine impact that the Holy Spirit has on us. Uh, by the way, Kevin, you just remind me, anybody that needs to get communion, if you didn't get it, go ahead and go to the back and grab it real quick. It's okay. This is one of the few times I'm not going to call you out during the sermon if you get up. And you know I'm kidding. I never call anyone out. But today we're, we're fin finishing up our Divine Impact series. Uh, through this, we've been looking at the ways that the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and our lives. And so we've had three weeks so far. The first week we talked about the promise and the presence of the Holy Spirit, that every single follower of Christ, if you're a believer, you have been given, you have been promised and given the Holy Spirit. And so what we see in, in Pentecost is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And since that moment, all believers ha have been given the Spirit. And so good news today. We talk about Pentecost, and this was this incredible moment where the Spirit showed up. The good news is this. We've had the Spirit with us, and the Spirit is with us today. And so I want to encourage you again just to know that today you are not doing this on your own. And you're not just doing this with all of us together the very spirit of the living God is living and working in you today if you're a believer in Christ. The second week we talked about maybe a less comfortable thing that the spirit does, and that's the work of conviction. That when we are off the mark, when we're missing the mark, when there's sin in our lives, things that don't honor God, that the Holy Spirit, one of the important roles of the spirit is to convict us and to point us back in the right direction. And so the Holy Spirit convicts. The third thing we talked about was last week, and that's that the Holy Spirit transforms. Every time we come together, every time that we are open to his presence and we're surrendered, the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the image of Christ. This is great news. Listen, you can be more and more like Jesus every single day. That's the work of the Spirit in your heart, not just to convict of what's wrong, but to show you and lead you to be more like Jesus. So praise God for that. The Holy Spirit is at work today. And today we're going to be in the, the fourth part. We're in Acts chapter 1. We're actually going backwards a little bit to Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. But we're talking about being sent. Now, I'm going to be careful preaching this because I don't want any of you to get any ideas and decide to move away. But the Vikas family, it's their last <laughs> Sunday here. Vikas, can you raise your hands there? We want to say bye to them. I'm thankful for the work of the Spirit leading them um, to where they're going to be headed to Idaho, and this is their last Sunday with us. But listen, don't you guys get any ideas, okay? <laughs> We're called to go, and, and I'm totally joking. If, if, if the Spirit calls you to move, you move. And you follow and you be obedient. So today we're talking about being sent by the Spirit. The Spirit is present, is with us. The Spirit convicts. The Spirit transforms. And the Spirit sends. And so, not sends, sends. I got to get that D in there. That's <laughs> the Holy Spirit is sending us out. So would you stand with me? We're going to read Acts chapter 1, verse 4 through 8. And listen, I just want a reminder as we read God's word that the Holy Spirit is with us and the Holy Spirit is moving and leading and convicting and transforming 
and sending as we read his word. So, so my prayer, Father, I just pray that your spirit would move right now as we re read your word, that it wouldn't be what, what I say or what I have, but that you would speak, Lord, through your spirit in Jesus' name. So Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift the fa my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Praise God for his word. You can have a seat. So three things we're going to look at today. Um, the first thing is our focus. We're going to see in this scripture um, that we are called to focus on, on something important. The second thing is that we are sourced. And listen, the, the first week of the series, we talked a little bit about how our, our power in, is sourced through the Holy Spirit. So I'm not going to spend as much time on that one. Uh, but we're going to talk about the source of our power. And the third is our task or our calling. And that's to be witnesses. So, so this is Jesus. He's, he's, at this point, he has died, uh, gone to the cross, died, raised from the dead. He's back with his followers and disciples, and he's gathered with them. It's, it says that he spent about 40 days with them. And at this point, he's sitting, eating at the table, and he gives them this command. He says, listen, don't go off and leave Jerusalem, but wait until you get the gift that the Father promised, the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And, and so Jesus gives them this clear command to wait. Now, let's just talk about this. In, in, in that time, they had not received the Spirit yet. We here today, we have received the Spirit. Pentecost happened, and like I said, ever since then, every believer is filled with the Spirit. But Jesus tells these disciples, and, and I think there's something for us to, to get here. Jesus tells them, wait for the Spirit before you go off and do your thing. So, so the first thing that, that I want to talk about is our focus. See, see, right after he says, wait for the Spirit, his followers and disciples, they get this big idea and they start focusing on this big thing that's going to happen, the restoring of the kingdom of Israel. And so they say, hey, Jesus, is this the time? Are you doing this now? And, and they're questioning about this big moment of Jesus restoring the kingdom of Israel. And so I want to talk about our focus, because what Jesus does here is kind of redirects their focus from what he's going to do to what they need to do. And so I want you to see what our focus should be. See, sometimes we have a problem that we get focused on outcomes so much so that we miss what we're supposed to be doing and being faithful today. This is a throw-in to the sermon. This happened last night late, so this is just a throw-in last second. But I, I know that probably not a lot of you are watching the NBA playoffs, but I love the NBA playoffs. And last night was game six of the Celtics in the Heat. And there was a moment at the end of the game, so the Heat were up three to two. If they won the game, they went to the NBA finals and the Celtics were done. And so there's this moment at the end of the game where the Heat are up one point and the Celtics had the ball with three seconds left. 
That's not a lot of time, right? And they throw the ball in, and this guy takes this crazy shot, and it almost goes in. And when he takes that shot, I mean, there's only three seconds left, right? So what does everyone do? Everyone turns and looks at the shot. But there was this one player, Derek White, who wasn't focused on the outcome of that shot. He was focused on what he needed to do. These other players, all they could do is turn around and watch it, and this is what happens at the end of the game, right? The shot goes up, and we all just kind of freeze in time and watch it slow-mo. And Derek White crashed the board, and the Heat players were focused on the outcome of the shot, and it bounced out right to Derek White, and he tipped it in as time expired. And the game that was won for the Heat all of a sudden was lost because they lost their focus. All they could focus on was whether that shot was going to go in. And they lost their focus. Uh, this, this week we had a fun thing happen in the house. This was the last week of school for Lakota. And so about a month ago, I got onto Groupon. Every once in a while, just you get to know me a little bit better, every once in a while I get on Groupon and buy things that I really have no business wanting or needing, right? You get on there and you see a concert or some shoes or something, and oh, sure, that's a great deal. But I got on Groupon about a month ago, and I found a Groupon for the web, which is just a game place for kids. It's got laser tag and putt-putt, and I thought, man, that's a great deal. That would be fun for our family to do, so I bought this Groupon. Now, boys, I need you to cover your ears over there. Can you cover your ears for me? So I bought this because I love my kids, and I want to, you know, do fun things with them, right? So I bought this Groupon, but, but you know what that is for me, Right? That's ammo to get them to do what we need them to do. Are you still covering your ears? No, come on, boys. (laughs) And so I had this group on, and all week, it was the last week of school, and so they got off on Wednesday, and I said, hey, boys, we need you to do the the yard work. We need you to pick up the spike balls in the back. We need you to pull the weeds because we need to mulch. And so I've got this thing to the web, and if you guys do your work, we can go to the web. And this crazy thing happened that happens all the time in my house, where all my boys could focus on was the outcome of going to the web. And every five minutes, for hours, they would be in the house saying, hey, when can we go to the web? Hey, are we going to go to the web? Hey, are we done yet? And they couldn't focus on the job they needed to do, because all they could focus on was the outcome that they wanted to see happen. That's where these disciples are. You know, there's nothing wrong with the question they ask, except their focus was in the wrong place. Jesus says, listen, wait here for the Spirit, and all they can think about is, hey, is this the time? Are you going to do this? Jesus says, don't focus on that. That's not for you. You need to focus on what I'm calling you to do. Sometimes in the church, I think we mess this up. I think we get so focused on what God is going to do or on heaven or on the future that we forget that we have something to do today. And just like that basketball game or just like my kids, if we're focused so much on what he's going to do, we miss what he wants us to do today. And one of the great shames is when the church misses the work that God has for it Because it's focused and waiting on what he's going to do. And so Jesus redirects their focus. He says, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. See, that's the Father's work. That's the Father's business. Your business 
is to focus on receiving the Spirit and being obedient. And so today I want you to hear this. Our focus should be on what God wants to do in and through us today. Don't lose sight of what's important. Listen, there's nothing wrong with studying end times. There's nothing wrong with knowing God's word. There's nothing wrong with thinking about heaven. But don't ever let that get in the way of doing the work that the Holy Spirit wants to do in you today. Be available and open to the Holy Spirit And so if we really want to see the kingdom come, if we really want to experience the kingdom of God, see, the disciples, that's what they want. They want the restoration of Israel. And and they still had this picture of what that looks like. But Jesus is saying, listen, if if you're really worried about the kingdom, then wait for the Spirit, focus on what I have for you, and you're going to see it happening before you. Church, we are not called to just sit around and wait We're not just called, I know he says wait here, but we are filled with the Spirit. We're we're not called to just sit around thinking about one day. We are called to be obedient to the moving of the Spirit today. And the Spirit wants to move in our hearts, in our lives, and the Spirit wants to use us to move in the lives of others. So don't miss your focus. The second thing we see is, is our power source. And and Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, Jesus doesn't just say, wait for the Spirit. The, The Spirit is worth waiting for because in waiting for the Spirit and receiving the Spirit, we receive the very power of God living within us to do what we're called to do and to be who we're called to be. And so he says, don't get your focus in the wrong place and understand that you are going to receive the power of God within you when the Holy Spirit comes. Two things we talked about that first week, that the, the, Holy, the power of the Spirit helps us be who we're called to be, help us, helps us to live holy lives. And number two, and we're going to get to this in a little bit, the Holy Spirit helps us witness, to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. So wait where you are. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father has promised, which you've heard me speak about. Why did they need to wait? Because the, the effectiveness of their ministry, the effectiveness of their witness, is completely tied to the work of the Holy Spirit. Please hear me when I say this. Listen, you guys are all super talented, wonderful people. But there is only one that can save. There is only one that transforms. And that's God the Father. That's Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit, the three in one. There is only one that can make a divine impact. And it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit living in us. So don't miss this. You have all sorts of talents and abilities. But on your own... You can't do it. You can't save your neighbors and your family members and your co-workers and your friends. You can't make a divine impact in the world without the work of the Holy Spirit in, in you and through you. Wait for the Spirit. 
Now, we know we have the Spirit, but I think what we need to hear here is that we don't need to go try to do this on our own. It's not about me coming up with the formula. It's not about me forcing a move of the Spirit. It's about me waiting and being obedient to what God wants to do through His Spirit. See, the work of the Spirit, it can't be produced. You can't just figure this out on your own. Jesus says, wait here, and I'm going to pour my spirit out on you. And when I do, you will receive the power to do what I call you and send you to do. So be obedient. Our calling is to be obedient to the spirit. Listen, I, I thought about this this week, and I just want to say this. You can make an impact in this world, but only through the work of the Holy Spirit in you can you make a divine impact. So don't try to work outside of spirit. It's not my job to come up with the perfect thing to say. Maybe some of you have a, a neighbor or friend that you've been wanting to, to witness to, to share Christ with. Maybe there's something that you really have a passion to do. Listen, don't go try to do that without the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. You will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So that leads us to the third thing, which is our job or our task. What are we called to do? I want you to know that, that we have a job, and that job is to be witnesses. Jesus says in verse 8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What are we called to do? We're called to be witnesses. We're called to be witnesses. That's who we're called to be, witnesses, not people that have it all figured out, not people that, that produce things. We're, we're not called to have the whole plan. We are called to witness the work of God and then to share that witness with others. What is a witness? It's somebody that experiences, sees, hears, somebody that experiences something and is a witness to it. We talked last week about uh, about this whole idea of we love to go to concerts. Why do we love to go to concerts? Because it's live. It's a real experience. You can witness it happening. I mean, you can watch, you can listen to a CD, but it's not the same as being there and experiencing it. You can watch a baseball game, but it's not the same as being there. I remember when we went to San Francisco. This was a long time ago. This is when Barry Bonds was playing. And he was one of the best hitters ever. And during that season, he was having this historic season where he was breaking all these records. And I mean, it was like when they pitched to him, he hit home runs. And we were there in San Francisco and, and we're at this game and it gets to the bottom of the ninth, two outs, Barry Bonds up, bases loaded, and they had to pitch to him. And guess what happened? First pitch, boom, double down the right field line, Game over, Barry Bonds. Listen, I could have watched that on TV, but there was a whole different thing experiencing it and being there. I witnessed it. I was there. Have you ever witnessed something amazing like that? We are to be witnesses, to see the amazing move of God. We're not called to just learn about. We're not just call, called to read about. We are called to experience and witness what God is doing. We are witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Let me just take a second. I, I want you guys to participate here. I want you to take a second and turn to someone near you. If you're by yourself, you can just write it down on a piece of paper, type it in your phone, talk to yourself. I really don't care what you do. If you're online, type it in, whatever. Share with someone around you 
what you've witnessed God do in your life. Go ahead. I'm going to be quiet. We're called to be witnesses. You can keep talking. It's good. We're called to be witnesses. We should see the work of God in our lives. If we are open and surrendered, the Holy Spirit's moving, convicting, transforming. In fact, before first service, we had a, a service planning meeting, and I asked this same question. And one of the answers was, God has been doing this work of transformation in my heart and my life over the last... What an awesome thing. We are witnesses of what the Holy Spirit is doing in our hearts and through our hearts. Just this week, I had, I had lunch with a dear friend, and, and we've been through some times together. And, and man, we sat and we just praised God for the ways that God is working and leading. And we were witnesses for a little bit to God's faithfulness and God's grace that's brought us through some difficulty. We are witnesses. Jesus says, you will be my witness. What are we witnesses to? To the work of Jesus Christ and God the Father through the Holy Spirit. Listen, I know that maybe that's uncomfortable for some of you to turn and talk to each other, but seriously, you are called to be a witness. And so I want you to be thinking, and I want you to be praying and I want you to be asking God, what are you doing in my life, in the lives of the people around me, that I can be witness to for others? We are witnesses. He says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. This is the second part's important. In Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, there's a second thing. The first part of witnessing is experiencing something. The second part is witnessing to it by sharing it. You're not just called to experience what God does. You're called to share it with others. We just did this as an exercise. You were just sharing it with each other. You are called to be a witness, not just an experiencing, but telling others about it, sharing it with others. See, a witness points to something or someone else, something they've experienced. And so we've all had this happen where we saw a great movie or we were a part of this big moment. And what do we do? We go tell everyone about it. Why do we struggle so much to be witnesses for Christ? Jesus says, you are my witnesses all over the world. He says in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, you are called to be a witness to point other people to Jesus through sharing what God is doing through the Spirit in your life. We are His witnesses. Listen, I don't care who you are. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a calling to be a witness. You are supposed to share your faith. You are supposed to share Jesus. None of us are called to just sit here and take in and take in and take in. We are all called to be witnesses. And that's scary, isn't it? You can nod your head if you, it's a little bit scary. I know that some of you, listen, for me, it, it's not the easiest thing in some circumstances to be a witness, to share things. And sometimes we can be intimidated because we think, what, what are they going to think of us? How are they going to treat us different if, if I witness, if I share Christ with them? Jesus tells his followers, you will be my witnesses 
and Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Listen, I want you to hear this one more time. You have a job, you have a responsibility to be a witness for Jesus Christ, to share with your friends, with your family, with your coworkers, with people you run into, to share Jesus with them. And if that's intimidating to you, I, I want you to think about these people. Jesus has died and rose from the dead, and he, he comes and he's sitting with them, and he says, you are going to be my witnesses to Jerusalem, to Judea, to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Think about what Jesus is saying here. What happened in Jerusalem not too long before this? They crucified Jesus. The, these places that Jesus is sending them to and calling them to are not comfortable places. He says, you guys are going to be my witness, and they had to be thinking, wait a minute, we just saw what happened there. Those people don't really like witnesses. Jesus says, you will receive power, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Here's the good news. When, if you're scared of witnessing, I want you to know you're called to it, but I want you to know that you have the power of the Holy Spirit to help you witness. You may be afraid. You don't know what to say. Trust the Holy Spirit. You may be worried about what someone else is going to think. Trust the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells us we are his witnesses. He sent these people to Jerusalem, to hostile places, to Judea and Samaria. And, and I want you to see how this plays out. Acts 1 through 7 is the story of these people being witnesses in Jerusalem. Acts 8 through 12 is the story of these people being his witnesses in Judea and Samaria. You can see it playing out. He says, I'm sending you, I'm giving you the power of the Spirit, and I'm sending you out to witness. And over the rest of Acts, the book of Acts, we see that the people are empowered by the Spirit, and they go out and they witness. Listen, you might be afraid to share your faith or, or to be a witness for Jesus. Listen to me, you've got nothing to be afraid of. These people went to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. This whole ends of the earth thing is still going on, right? We're still called to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so uh, let's do another fun exercise here. Um, everybody turn to someone near you and tell them where we are today, where we are worshiping from today. What city, what township? I'll give you a hint. It's not Mason. It's not Liberty Township. It's... Westchester Township, yes, is where we are worshiping today. So I want you to hear this. Jesus said, you will receive power to go be witnesses. And they went out. And the fact that you and I are here worshiping today is proof that there is the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through God's people. It's through God sending us with his spirit that we are here today. If it wasn't for the power of the spirit, we wouldn't be here. But Jesus gives them the spirit and sends them out. And thousands of years later, there's a group of hundreds of us gathered here. And there's a group of hundreds down the street and thousands down the street and hundreds down the street. There's people all over the world, ends of the earth. There are people gathered under trees in Africa. There are people in South America. There are people in Asia. There are people all over. There are people hiding in houses, worshiping because the Holy Spirit has been poured out. 
and God's people have been sent. So we've been talking about the work of the Spirit. And I want you to know that that same Spirit that showed up at Pentecost is alive and working in you if you are a believer in Christ. And that Spirit brings conviction, and that Spirit brings transformation, but I want you to hear this, that Spirit is with you as God sends you to be his witnesses. Our job is to point others to Jesus, to be witnesses of who he is, of what he's done. Listen, if you couldn't come up with the answer earlier, I'm not trying, like, that's okay. But I want you to be thinking about what God's done and what God's doing in your life. I want you to think about who he is, and I want you to understand the importance that God's plan to reach your family and your neighbors and your co-workers, Westchester, Mason, Liberty Township, Cincinnati, Ohio, America, all across the globe, God's plan is to send us, to send you. Experience the Spirit. We're going to do something together. You have your communion elements. You can go ahead and take those out. Worship team, you can come on up. And here's the deal. Two things are happening communion. We're going to take communion together, and, and here's what I want you to focus on. I, I want you, as we prepare our hearts, what we're going to do is we're going to sing this, uh, this song, and after the song, we'll take communion together. But I want you, as we sing this song, this song is Christ be magnified. That means we, we want not just to experience him, but we want others to see him through us. We want to point to Jesus. We want to glorify him with our lives. As we take communion today, as you... As you hold this in your hands, there's two things that happen in communion that I want us to focus on today. Number one, communion is a remembrance. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Communion is a remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross for us. But the second thing is that communion is a sacrament. And sacrament means that grace flows. Listen, I told you, the Holy Spirit is here with us. And as we take communion together today, the Holy Spirit is alive and moving. So this isn't just about remembering something. This is about experiencing his grace today. So as we sing this song, I just want to invite you to think about what God's done, who he is, Think about this gift. If you've got nothing else to share, you've got this, that Jesus gave his life so that we could be forgiven of our sins and have life to the fullest. There's nothing better you can share with your friends, your family. But I want you to be praying, not just about what he's done, but about what he's doing, and pray that he will make you a witness. Father, I pray that you'd speak to us, I pray that you would show us your spirit. I pray that we, we would see you alive in our lives. And I pray, Lord, that we would know what you've done and what you're doing and we would become witnesses for you. So speak to us, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.